Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The pride, passion, and pageantry of college football lives here. This is the Paul Feinbaum Show, Hour 3 Podcast. This might be college football, heaven. Live and underway, we all thank you for being here. The story broke yesterday. We haven't had a chance to really dig down on what uh, the NLRB uh, ruling with Dartmouth means. There's the headline. Nobody better anywhere than Amanda Christovich from Front Office Sports, uh, always one of our favorite guests. And Amanda, uh, we know what happened. The question is, what does it mean? Good afternoon. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. Um, What does it mean? I would say a lot of people are saying this means that the NCAA amateurism model is dead. I would posit that it's not quite dead yet because there will be an appeal. Um, But the NCA's business model is on life support after this decision. Um, It's very possible that Dartmouth men's basketball players could translate to all Division I private school athletes being considered employees, meaning they get paid salaries, they get workers' compensation, um, you know, and specifically with this ruling, they get the opportunity to unionize. So, uh, yeah, things are things are not looking good in the NCA legal office today. I think that's how I'd summarize it. That's very good. Uh, now, I'm sure the NCAA uh, hacks, or excuse me, their lawyers can will come out and and talk about all the things that the uh, defeated lawyers always talk about. But ultimately, uh, this case is is fairly narrow. But uh, explain a, a little bit on, on why it could have such far-reaching uh, ramifications. Yeah, I mean, this this case is only about one, um, you know, team on one Ivy League school. And folks were joking on Twitter, you know, like it's not like these are the Alabama football players. Right. Um, But it's precisely because these players don't get scholarships. No one in the Ivy League does. It's precisely because these players, um, you know, are not at a big power school that the precedent uh, of them being employees could be extended in my, you know, non-legal, but like, you know, I talk to lawyers pretty often, as I'm sure you can imagine, um, opinion is that it could extend really across D1. I I really think that this ruling, um, if it, again, if it stands, could mean that, um, you know, if you're a tennis player at UCLA, you could be um, an employee, right? Um, if you are a basketball player at Georgetown, shout out Georgetown, uh, you could be an employee, right? All across the country, um, you know, there's a question about D2 and D3, would they be included in this? But I, I ultimately think that this could be very, very broad sweeping. And Amanda, there are so many complicated issues out there, and you've been in the courtrooms because we've talked to you outside of them often. Um, Explain 
what the map looks like uh, for the NCAA, this one has gone haywire. Uh, there are many others that may be more important. Yeah. So uh, the one that, um, you know, we spoke about a couple weeks ago is another NLRB case, which is in Los Angeles. It's a little bit different and it would actually allow public school athletes and private school athletes to be employees. Um, and just like a quick note there, the caveat that I would make is even though legally this only applies to private school athletes, kind of like with NIL, the NCAA would have to change its rules for everyone, obviously, right? Um, so that USC case is going to take another several months, I think, to decide. It still has a couple months to even finish the trial. Uh, there is a federal case uh, called Johnson v. NCA, which is in uh, the Pennsylvania area. We've been waiting for almost a year now in a ruling, just like sort of an intermediary ruling about whether or not athletes could be considered employees. And that's all D1 athletes. Um, so that's kind of winding through the court. Uh, of course, we have Tennessee. Uh, that isn't a lawsuit that talks about players being employees specifically. But as I'm sure, you know, we've we've all learned if you uh, can't restrict players from using NIL as pay for play, they're kind of de facto employees, right? Um, you know, there are actually a couple others too that are a bit in the earlier stages. The House case also in California, which is about NIL, but is the case that could bankrupt the NCAA. Um, you know, I feel like I'm just throwing at you my long list of lawsuits that I cover, which every day gets longer. Um, but I really think that this Dartmouth one could be it um, if, you know, if, if the uh, decision stands. Amanda, you mentioned the Tennessee case. Different, different, but uh, in, in, the, in the folks that you are talking to on a daily basis, what are, the, what are they saying about that one? So I think what is going to be really remarkable about the Tennessee case um, is that in the immediacy, right, like let's let's put aside the, the future of college sports. Let's just talk about the next, you know, six months, right? Um, next Tuesday, there is going to be a hearing in that case where a judge will hand down a ruling about whether or not the NCAA can enforce its NIL restrictions um, for a period of a preliminary injunction, which means between then and a trial. And as we're learning, trials, you know, it can take like up to six months to a year for there to be a trial, right? And that's what happened with the transfer portal case. So forget the future, the long term um, of, of college sports, the next season could be pay for play if that um, if that injunction is granted. And by the way, I'm literally I have my email up behind me because uh, there is a temporary restraining order that could come down, which is essentially saying the same thing. It's just between now and Tuesday. So for the next six days, we could have pay for play, too. Amanda, let me get to the other story, and there's never there's no shortage. And this one a little more subtle, but may have a lot of bite. And that was the just statement out the other day from the SEC and the Big Ten. They're forming an advisory committee, kind of kind of thing that you check on whether uh, you know whether the light should go off at eight o'clock or eight thirty at the public library. It's a little bit more important than that, isn't it? Doesn't it kind of sound like they're creating an alliance? It does. <laughs> but unlike the last alliance, this one actually uh, makes sense. <laughs> 
Um, I don't think that this, um, you know, Alliance 2.0, you could call it, is going to keep them from, you know, fighting for the number one and number two spot, you know, as as the the college football, college sports duopoly, as I like to call it. Um, but I do think that uh, they are going to be able to get together and essentially make decisions about what the power, the future of the power conferences could be um, there. I've seen discussion about and I literally just got a notification about Tennessee as we're talking right now, but I haven't opened it yet. Um, um so the Big Ten and the SEC, you know, they they could strong arm the rest of the power conferences and they, you know, with the house case, for example, and say, we want to settle. We want to pay the players. We don't want to be part of the NCAA. Right. Um, can I just know this isn't really yeah, I, I, actually we have it here. Uh, uh, oh, great. The, the uh, Tennessee judge has denied the temporary restraining order in the NIL case. So I'll, I'll let you interpret that. Okay, so denying the temporary restraining order means that the status quo will continue until at least Tuesday. Um, so that means that the NCAA can continue to enforce its rules to restrict them, um, you know, until Tuesday, there will be the hearing. And then um, the decision in the hearing is going to be, you know, what is going to be the status quo until a trial. So uh, I'm kind of surprised that they denied that. Huh. Yeah. Well, again, uh, we are seeing a headline and not, uh, I mean, it's, I'm not going to try to speak for the judge. I mean, maybe the judge just stated until next week and said, let's, let's have the hearing. Uh, but it probably really won't matter. Well, uh, I, you know, I, I mean, I think that you, in my limited experience covering TROs, usually like the dis the TRO is granted. I'm thinking about, you know, the, the PAC 12 situation, right? The TRO was granted the transfer portal situation. TRO was granted. Um, and that was a precursor for the preliminary injunction, um, for the longer, you know, stipulation, but I mean, it's possible. I, uh, I'll have to read and get back to you, but it's possible that they just didn't want to like throw college sports into such disarray for six days. They wanted to at least give them several months. Yeah, we're disappointed they didn't. It would have been a far more uh, interesting conclusion to this conversation. Um, Amanda, if you uh, hear anything more on that, and, and again, I'm, we're just reading headlines right now. We're not uh, chiseling down to the meat like you are. Uh, let us know, and uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll have an addendum to this conversation. Thank you very, very much for uh, staying with us as news breaks. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Amanda Kristovich, uh, joining us. Uh, from uh, uh, front office, uh, Amanda Kristovich joining us, and we, uh, we, we, all we know is, on, and, and by the way, there's a hearing next week. I, I'm not going to try to speak uh, because I, I haven't really read the case, but the judge may not have simply found the urgency to do this before the, uh, the actual hearing, which to me sounds like a smart judge. What do I know sitting up here on the bench? Uh, we'll take a short break. Back with much more. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight 
S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Is your schedule too packed to see a doctor about your erectile dysfunction? Well, with Hims, now you can get treated for ED without stepping foot outside your door. They're changing men's health care by providing access to affordable sexual health treatments from the comfort of your couch. Hims provides access to doctor-trusted ED treatment options such as chewable hard mints, brand name treatments like Viagra, or generic alternatives for up to 95% cheaper. The process is simple and entirely online. Just answer a series of questions and a medical provider will determine the right treatment option. If prescribed, your medication ships to you free. No insurance needed. So what are you waiting for? Join the hundreds of thousands of trusted HIMSS subscribers and get treated. Start your free online visit today at hymns.com Paul. That's H-I-M-S.com Paul for your personalized ED treatment options. Hymns.com Paul. Hard mints are chewable compounded products which are not approved by or verified for safety or effectiveness by the FDA. Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate. Restrictions apply. See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required. Price varies on product and subscription plan. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. Back. There is breaking news as we uh, had during the conversation with Amanda. The uh, court has denied Tennessee and Virginia's appeal for an emergency uh, temporary restraining order. Obviously, it wouldn't be an emergency. Uh, that would block the NCAA from enforcing rules. Uh, it would have sent absolute chaos into uh, the world of intercollegiate athletics. The, uh, on the rule, I'm, I'm just looking at it very quickly here, uh, based on the ruling that we have been able to uh, ascertain, uh, it, write, it reads that the plaintiffs, which is the university, which is the state of Tennessee and the state of Virginia, mainly Tennessee here since this is, involves them, the plaintiffs have failed to demonstrate at this juncture the requisite irreparable harm for the issuance of a TRO. The failure is not inconsequential. Uh, anyway, long story short, I'll save you the legal uh, reading here. But uh, the, the proceeding is now set for next Tuesday, I believe, the 13th. Is that right? Yeah. Um, it doesn't really, I mean, had they granted it, it would have been an indicator that the NCAA was going to get sideways, uh, sideswiped in, in this case. It doesn't mean they're not going to. It just means that the judge uh, very deliberately decided this can wait till next week. <laughs> they're... There's no urgent need to blow up intercollegiate athletics just yet. But it is coming. Let's get back to the calls. And uh, Jonathan is up next. Uh, hello, Jonathan. Hey, Paul. Uh, first time caller. I had a question about the new Alabama head coach, Caitlin DeBoer. Yes. Uh, I have... I have a lot of schematic unknowns for Mr. DeBoer. Uh, I, from what I've learned of him, of him, he has a, a great character, and he seems like a great person, and he's going to be a great leader for the team. But he, from what I understand, he's supposed to be an offensive mastermind, and I don't understand his scheme well enough to know what that's going to look like and why he's considered a mastermind. And on top of that, from what I do understand – He's mostly a pass offense guy, but he had a running back that led the conference in rushing yards. 
So I don't understand how that works exactly. You know, I just kind of like to hear you. Well, I mean, if you go back to what, what his team did well this year, uh, you mentioned the running backs. Uh, he had two, maybe, I think he had three elite wide receivers in addition to arguably the best quarterback in the country. And, and on top of all that, uh, he had uh, one of the best, if not the best, offensive line. So that, that is a great formula to a high-octane offense. Now, it, it, you... Like, like any offensive scheme, you have to adjust depending on uh, what your personnel has. Now, that didn't stop Bill O'Brien from screwing things up at Alabama. But uh, I, I, I don't exactly know what his, what his, what his skill set, is, what his team's going to look like. And I'm still a little bit fuzzy on some people on his coaching staff, and including Ryan Grubb, who was, who, who was his offensive coordinator in Seattle and is supposed to be the offensive coordinator here. But in, unless I've missed it, I have not heard that announcement yet. Let's uh, check back with more phone calls here. And Sam is up next. Hello, Sam. Hey, Paul. So uh, quick, I have a few kind of series of questions that kind of lead up to it. But um, <clears throat> Missouri, Missouri has kind of surprised everyone last year, but still kind of took the bench when it came to just the news and kind of the talk, there was, there was brief mention of them on occasion, but finishing 11 and two second in the sec. And now as we finally get to see what the uh, next schedules are going to look like, we see that Alabama gets to play them later in the season. And we, we of course know that Alabama kind of gets their crap together by the end of the season and kind of gets all the kinks out of at least they have in the past years. But if Missouri can really kind of keep their momentum and their growth, how do you see that game playing out? And do you think that could be a determining factor late in the season that could possibly hold Alabama out of a 12-team playoff? Yeah, and Sam, what you said is really critical. It's critical any year. It's more critical this year for this reason. When you have a coaching transition, it's chaos at first uh, because you really don't know uh, exactly. I mean, yeah, you've, you've, had the, you've had the spring, but the spring is very short, and even uh, summer camp is, is limited. So th- those first couple of games, you're liable to see some things that you can correct very, you know, by the time you get to where, where, what we're talking about here. So I, I see that as a, a sneaky monster game on the schedule. I think it's a big advantage for Alabama to have it at home. Uh, the one place you don't want to play uh, after – Middle of October is Columbia, Missouri. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but but and, I, I agree with you. I think that um, <clears throat> Missouri. If I had to guess what media days will look like, you'll you'll see Georgia pick to win. I think Texas will be next, and then you'll 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 have a, a, a group of people, including Alabama, Missouri, Ole Miss, LSU. I don't know how it's going to yeah. sort out, but but we don't know yet because. Uh, they're still, you know, they're still roster. The rosters are still incomplete. Yeah. And secondly, if you have time for one more question. Sure. Um, it, <clears throat> there is some talk that we could, we could somehow see four SEC teams in the playoffs. And the, the, the reasoning behind that, that everyone was saying is, oh, Texas. Texas enters the picture. They're the fourth team that was obviously well enough to, to be in a 12-team playoff. But that doesn't really factor in the fact, the point that they had Texas, as well as they did in the regular season, they weren't playing as many SEC teams. No. So their landscape's going to 
drastically change. And then, of course, that's going to add a lot more losses to other teams and really just hurt other teams from being able to get uh, the the better record to be able to appear in that 12th. And play. on top of so that, you, you uh, Texas, uh, Texas has uh, the game at Michigan the second week. And by the way, I think they'll win that game. Uh, I think mm-hmm. Michigan. I, I think Michigan it. is going to be a wreck of a team this year, um, of what they were. Uh, so it really, uh, I can't remember. Uh, oh, Texas has Georgia at home. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's going to be the. That, that's in late October. That uh, I mean, everybody's pointing toward uh, the Alabama game, but that Texas Georgia game may be the game of the year in the SEC. Yeah, I saw ESPN come out with their article that was talking about the big games of the year, and they had ranked Alabama and Georgia. And I guess there's a, kind of the nostalgia over the yeah. the building rivalry there. But I I, I think Georgia. But here I'm, we have we have I'm it on the screen Georgia. now. I mean, Oklahoma. Uh, yeah, Texas will be favored. Uh, Georgia yeah. at home. Uh, I mean, they have a Texas has a pretty favorable schedule. I think. Uh, I, I do think the A and M game is going to be heightened because of the obvious, but, uh, you know, I mean, their, yeah. their losses, I mean, I, I don't see many games they can lose. So do you think it could end up ever with a four-team SEC? Uh, in the- I mean, I think the easy answer is no, uh, because uh, there, there, there's so many variables and, and we still have to deal with, and I, I think it's ridiculous, but the, to, to, to let a group of five team in there makes no sense. Um, yeah. I mean, an automatic bur- – I mean, I know Cincinnati got in there a couple of years ago and they quickly proved they didn't belong. Uh, but that hurt. That group yeah, of five I, deal yeah. hurt. Uh, the, the, the advantage may be that the, the Pac-12 is not going to be automatic because there's no such thing as the Pac-12. Yeah. And, yeah, the, the interesting thing, there's always going to be one that it's like – it's almost like a pity vote that they get put in the college football playoffs and then it puts another team out like – Georgia this past year. I right. mean, did Washington really deserve to be there? I personally don't think so over Georgia. I mean, if, you, if you're just kind of looking at the stats and we're looking at the impression that they both made and the fact that Washington almost lost seven games uh, very closely. Like, no, you're, you're, you're right about that. And, uh, I mean, Washington was really a good team, and, and they beat everyone uh, other than the final game. Hey, thank you for the call. We head to the break. A lot, of, a lot of breaking news tonight. We'll update all of that right after this. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. 
Pack, and uh, Logan is up next in uh, Alabama. Hey, Logan. Good afternoon. Hey, Paul. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing great. Thank you. I'm really doing great, man. Great. Um, I really enjoyed the Toby Keith thing. Um, I'm, I'm not a fan of his, or I wasn't a fan of his, due mostly to his politics, but, you know, the guy was a talented, really talented at what he did, and um, he had some really great, great songs. Um and then he did a good job pissing off all the liberals like me. So by the way, that's a sign of a great country artist. Is, 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 is it, it is like a modern day country artist. Yeah, modern day country. Well, I, think I mean, we are we are in the modern day. I think Hank. Yeah, I think, Hank, day, I think yeah. Hank Williams has done that's run true. off the road. Hank's already. Uh, yeah, we know where Hank's at. Uh, hey, uh, I didn't know he was sick. When when did, was that a secret or no 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 it was uh, he had a diagnosis uh, over a year maybe longer when uh, he had no, stomach no. cancer and 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 I don't want to sound like an oncologist here but uh, there are many can- you don't want any cancer but you certainly don't want stomach cancer oh man yeah that's rough I heard that this morning and I, it was a shock to me I didn't know he was sick so well Paul um, talking about some sports what do you think. Uh, this alliance between the SEC and the Big Ten means, does it, is it going to mean the end of the NCAA in college football? Uh, no, I, I think it, it, what it really means is that instead of sitting around a table and listening to what smaller conferences have to say, Sankey and the Big Ten are just going to make all the decisions uh, themselves. Okay. Well, that's about how it should have been. Yeah, I mean, I, now, I, mean so I, I know he won't. Uh, the commissioner probably will be more uh, conciliatory than I am because he's a he's he's a right. smart man, and I'm a talk show host. But <laughs> I mean, there's no reason why the SEC and the and the Big Ten need to sit around and care what Colorado or Arizona think about anything because they just don't matter. Exactly, or the or the ACC or anybody well, like that. Well, I was that. trying to be nice they, to the ACC since. Uh, yeah, I'll say it for you, Paul. <laughs> it's okay. I'll say it for you. Yeah, I mean, ACC we we should really home. let Stanford and California tell Alabama and Texas how college sports should be operated. <laughs> exactly, that just doesn't make any sense. So, I let's make sure the chancellor at uh, Wake Forest gets a vote. Oh yeah, that 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 person. They're very important. Hey, thanks uh, very yeah. much, Logan. Good to hear from you. Uh, thank you for the call. Let's check in with Trey, who is in Tuscaloosa. Bash brother Paul. <laughs> yeah, on, I'm Paul? right here, ready to bash somebody. <laughs> I got a question for you. Uh, what did it take to become a Bash Brothers? You have to sit around and smoke a peace pipe, and you all of a sudden become anointed a Bash Brother? Because I think you're the only member of the Bash Brothers Well, Club. the problem with being a Bash Brother uh, where I live is that the state that I live in, uh, marijuana is not legalized like it is in Bash Brotherville. Okay. I was just wondering how you... I mean, if it was, I mean, we could just sit on the show and uh, and, <laughs> and talk like, uh, like Bash... Like, Randy, what do you got in your hand there? Looks like a roach clip to me. Uh, so we got a bash brother, Randy, trying to get involved now. I got a feeling, old, old Randy. Randy, uh, before Randy, uh, Randy used to work in public television. I imagine uh, that was part of the deal in public television. They just handed you, you know, a nickel bag as you walked in the door every morning. <laughs> well, Paul, I got a question for you. 
and I nickel bag and a Joni Mitchell song. Oh my God! Serious question for you, and I want you to follow me along here about okay, uh, Calipari. Okay, well, I know it's hard to jump from that to the being serious, but you know, Paul, I, my, my question to you is about Calipari okay. and, and his job as a coach. You know, Paul, and, and you, you know, I coached for years, especially basketball, and, and X's and O's, uh, uh, probably in any sport to me, are the easiest uh, part of coaching. I, I think the hardest part is um, you got players of different races, white, blacks, nationalities, and, and you got to be great at getting these players and uh, other coaches that come in coming together to accomplish one goal. So my question to you is this, because Calipari refused to go to the press conference. Is he not setting a bad example for his young players? Because what if one of the young players decided yeah, to come uh, listen, to uh, Trey, I'm glad you said that. By, by doing that, it's like you coaching Pee Wees or Little League or, or Pop Warner and the loser refusing to shake hands with the winner. Exactly. So what if a player misses practice? I mean, and the player comes back and says, well, you missed your press conference. Why can't I miss practice? Is that just not setting up? And sometimes, Paul, I think we forget because we sit here and watch these these players. on. They're still young men. They're 18 to 22 years old. I know they don't look at it, but mentally they're still young men. And I just think he needs to set a better example in today's well, age. By the so way, uh, you Trey, it, it, it's late in the evening to set a better example uh, than what you've already done. Uh, once you do that, the credibility starts to fade away. And it's, it's not even the players. It's the fans who uh, – who live and die for that program. And uh, I mean, I, I'm not trying to say the Kentucky fans are better than, or worse than, but, but I, I would argue that the, the Kentucky fans, their passion for that program is unrelenting and, 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 and undying. Um, let's get back to uh, the call here. Which one's that? Oh, uh, Billy D is up next. Paul, that nickel bag rolled off your mouth just way too easy. <laughs> it really did. I, uh, I'm embarrassed to uh, have admitted that. And uh, I don't know about you, uh, Randy, but where, where are the munchies, okay? <laughs> uh, Doritos are the Well, uh, uh, the now, now, Billy right? D., I, I have grown up to be a, a boring uh, senior citizen, but when I was young and foolish, I, I, knew, I, knew, I knew what, what – uh, what fast food places on the Strip in Knoxville were open till 3 a.m.? Absolutely, man. It, it was like, what, wings or anything that was like... I didn't really care, frankly. <laughs> Did you? <laughs> no, not at all. But you know you needed more than just a No, I mean, bag. I had this conversation at home, and, and my wife you know looks at me and goes, what, 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 what were you like? I said, well, you, don't want, you would not have talked to me if, if you had known me back then. I had... Uh, I had shoulder-length hair and, uh, and a beard and, uh, and uh, John Lennon glasses. <laughs> you weren't sporting the mullet, were you? No, no, but I, I mean, I had, I had some major hair back in the day. Dude, send a picture. Put it out there. My son right now, he's wearing a bandana when he goes to the basketball games, and he, he saw a picture of me back in, like, 1985 when I – Shot my first big wild hog, and right. ever since he's been trying to emulate that. Well, Billy, uh, let, let me talk to him. I'll straighten him out. I'll tell him. I'll tell him the. Yeah, under, yeah. I'll, I'll tell him the underbelly of uh, running with a fast crowd. 
And fortunately uh, for me, I got away it. from it very you quickly. Quit it. It's what made you you. You know that. Yeah. Um, I got a taste of it, but I said, you know what? That's uh, I don't I don't I don't want to go where they're going. Hey, thank you very much for the call. I just saw a name on our board I have not seen in three weeks, so I I don't I don't know whether we have to break or not. But we cannot leave this guy on hold. You know who's on hold? Larry is up next. Hello. Hey, Larry. Hey, man. What do you know my name on hold, Jack? That's what you usually do to me. Why is it any different? Well, Larry, where where have you been for the last three weeks? I told you I've been sick. You don't care. Well, Larry, uh, we do care, but we haven't been able to. Uh, so what happened? I got, uh, I hate to tell you because you're going to hear so many smart-ass remarks. No, I'm not. Promise. I got to have my software in the You yeah, have to have your esophagus, esophagus enlarged. Is that what you said? Yes, and I don't hear those smart remarks. Well, you're not going to get it. I don't understand. How, how do you do that? <laughs> That's the smart remarks you get. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's just from acid reflux. Okay, I understand. It, it well, that's a, that shouldn't be too difficult. Yeah, right. just, uh, The surgeon just sticks his hand down there and stretches it, doesn't he? The damn family show. Okay. Hey, <laughs> look out. If you have acid reflux, it damages your esophagus, okay? And then it, it shrinks. And what you have to do, your food backs up in your esophagus. And it causes you to have all kinds of issues. That's what it is. But, you know, uh, I'm doing better now. They said... Uh, that doctor told me when she went to cut me with that thing, and it bent her blade. He said, "Blue steel, Jack." <laughs> that is great. <laughs> yeah, he's good looking too, Paul. He's fine looking. I'm gonna tell you something. I'm a, I'm a stud, baby. I ain't well, no Larry, I am me. very happy to hear that you're back. We missed you. Yeah, I know. I know, pers- I know personally, you don't like me anymore, but, but that's okay. I mean, we did miss you. Uh, well, I'm going to be calling back now. I'm going to bring some heat. Okay. Well, Larry, we are counting on it. Will you, uh, you rest that. Now, did you say that's esophagus or uh, esophagus? I ain't never heard a bunch of down Mowrides. Where you get them from? The lunatic town? Yeah. You must have went south down there. Okay, Larry. Hey, yeah, you be well. We're up against a break. Hey, by the way, there is a little bit more on this, uh, denial of the TRO, uh, up in Tennessee. Uh, the judge, this according to Stuart Mandel who's had a chance to read the complete uh, uh, writing as opposed to looking at three or four words as he's talking like me. Uh, Stewart wrote that it, the judge does not buy the state's argument that, that there would be irreparable harm if he didn't grant the TRO, but this is the signal that the NCAA is going to lose. He, uh, the judge writes uh, he is not buying uh, the NCAA's defense of the Sherman Antitrust Act, and he uh, he said, the, he said the NCAA fails to demonstrate how protecting student-athletes from potential exploitation is pro-competitive. The social justifications proffered for the NCAA's restraint of trade do not make it any less unlawful. And he quotes the Alston case, which was unanimous against the NCAA with that stinging ruling by uh, Justice Kavanaugh. We'll take a short break. More on that right after this.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. We're back, and what an afternoon this has been already. Let's uh, check in with Handsome Joe. Roll tie rope, Paul Feinbaum. You know what? It's good to hear from Larry, and I've got to apologize to Larry, man. I'm... I know we ain't heard from him like three weeks, and I should have gave him a call or something other just to check on him, Paul. I'm just, I kind of feel bad about it, but uh. Well, you know, I kept, I made a mistake. I kept calling the local bar, and I forgot he was sick. <laughs> right, but hey, I've been. By the I've, way, I, I I've been got, told that the esophagus deal is. I mean, it's important, but it it should be should be a should be some should be an easier thing than other maneuvers. Yeah, well, I mean, I've, I've got high in the hernia, so I've got something. Oh, yeah. I don't suffer too bad with the acid reflux because I take protonics, you know, prescription protonics. Okay. And uh, it, it's helped me. I take one a day. It's pantaprazole, and it, it helps me keep me down. I mean, keeps me, you know, from getting acid reflux, throwing up and all that kind of stuff. So that helps me out. But, hey, I got sick Friday, Paul, and I, finally my pain got so bad I went to the hospital. So I ended up having to spend a night in the hospital in Tupelo last night. And I uh, got a little bit of large spleen and infection in it and and stomach infection. Hey, it's painful. And so well, they I mean, had me on IV. Well, all what's that. Be, Joe, Joe, what's behind all this? I mean, this is serious stuff. I I have no idea because I was Friday. I was just sitting on the couch and it just boom started hurting. So I, you know, how it started like that, I wasn't even moving. I don't know because I didn't feel sick, just pain. So right, I don't know that. But hey, what they did helped me out and. They, I got out of the hospital this morning. I'm the best I've felt since Friday. So I'm doing good. Got my prescription filled. Uh, so I'm taking that. And, hey, I'm, I'm good now. So, but, but, hey, it's good to hear Larry's doing good, Paul. And I do want to say about Toby Keith, man. That's, man, prayers to his friends and family. Yeah, so no, Toby I, I, Keith, man. He, I mean, I, I was a huge fan, too. That, that, was, that one really got a lot of people today. It did, Paul, because I don't think there's anybody out there that don't like Toby Keith. And, you know, back in my drinking days, I've done some of his karaoke songs, you know. In a, oh, really? In a so what, what, what was your, we were talking to one of our people here earlier who's about to do some karaoke. What was your uh, favorite Toby karaoke song? Uh, probably Red, White, and Blue. Yeah, uh, you know, How Do You Like Me Now is a good one. I mean, if you're uh, in a bar, so how can up. you not do I Love This Bar? Right, I Love This Bar. <laughs> done that in, probably that done is, that more that is a it. really clever song, I think. Yeah, and you really don't have to do karaoke because once you start that, the whole bar starts in singing. So now, I mean, now was, Randy's favorite is because everybody, nobody thought Randy was going to make it back in high school. It's how do you like me now? Right, right. How do you like me now? That's that's a good, and I've done that one. Yeah, that, that's um, all. That's always been uh, that one's always gotten to me for all the uh, for all the people that said we we would amount to nothing. Now they're watching, going, we were right. <laughs> Yeah, and I've got, I don't have a lot of CDs, but I've got more Toby Keith CDs than, than anything. I mean, it's, you know, I like some of the songs. What's that song? I heard it today. It, uh, it's one of my favorites. It's, um, who's, uh, who's that man? Like, the, the one about, uh, I'll have to look it up. Where he drives back to his old neighborhood. You know what I'm talking about? 
like, who's that, who's who's my, that man? You know, who's that truck? And yeah, I mean that is, that is a really it. chilling song when you if you've ever been through something like that. That's a pure country song. That's yeah. for sure. I mean, you can. A lot of people can. You know, you don't even have to be in the country to relate to that one. So you know, a lot of people experience that one. It went through divorce. Yeah, no, that that is just a uh, a really sad song. Um, it, was it, it the name of the song? Who's that man? Or I can't remember the name of it. But yeah, uh, who's that man? Who's that man? I mean, yeah, when he drives up and he said, <laughs> you know, the, the guy's in his house and you know, in in my house with my dog. I mean, yeah, when you drive well, hey, up and you up? see another man with your dog, that's serious. That, that's the bad part. He may be with my ex-wife because I don't yeah, really care about them, but my yeah, dog. It's bad that, enough to lose different. your kids, your wife, and your house. But, but then the guy's got your dog. If I ever have another career, I'm going to be a, a, a dog custody attorney. I think there's right. big well, money. Well, say my ex got my dog and wait, his name wait. was Bama. I don't, you, you can have the house, but you're not getting my dog. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Paul Feinbaum Show podcast. 